0: Are you sick of major sports networks bashing athletes to help their bottom line? Do you want reliable information on sporting events and controversies? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Pound Perspective, presented by Nate Dogg Sports, a podcast based around discussions and debates about recent football, basketball, baseball, and MMA events. Now, here's your host, Nate Dog. And welcome back to the Pound Perspective, presented by Nate Dog Sports. It's your host today, no co host it's just Nate Dog here, um, uh, on episode 31 of the Pound Perspective. Unbelievable we're here, we've taken a little bit of a break since graduation, uh, you know, just kind of... Relaxed a little bit, enjoyed my, my, my free time for a little bit, but um, we're back. Better than ever, we been making some posts, but it's time to get back on the pod. It's time to bring y'all some more content besides what we've been doing uh, on, on our social medias, and that's me talking to y'all, even if y'all care or don't care. Um, but there's a lot that I care about that's going to be talked about in this podcast, um, mainly the NBA playoffs. I feel so bad for not bringing y'all NBA playoffs uh, talk. It's been a minute since we've been here, so uh, I'm sorry that I haven't been able to give my knowledge. I, like I said, some of y'all might not care, but uh, I like giving my opinions, especially about all this stuff that's going on uh, around the league, the association, uh, the NBA association. Uh, you love to see it. Some very competitive basketball, one of the best playoffs I've seen in such a long time. Um uh, fun story storylines as this playoffs have gone through uh, some upsets um, some surprises some teams that uh, uh, overcame the expectations and some teams that are still playing uh, to the uh, overplaying those expectations to, to possibly get a finals. And that team is uh, the Miami Heat that I'm speaking of. So we'll talk about them in a minute. We'll talk about how the, man, them them Nuggets are going to be tough to beat as a Lakers fan. I'm just proud of our season. I'm going to talk about all of that with the Lakers and uh, uh, what's next with uh, that uh, organization as well as the Nuggets. Give them the credit, man. That team is tough. It's going to be whoever plays them in the finals, good freaking luck. Um, but let's dive right into this, y'all. NBA playoff time. Um, there was an amazing first round. Uh, I'm going to go over all the results. I'm not going to really talk too much about them uh, unless there's one that really catches my eye which this first one does miami in five over the bucks was wild amazing series obviously Giannis being hurt affected the outcome of that one still Giannis comes back and they don't do much with him so it was one of those things where you know so much time off it can really uh, affect your um cohesiveness as a team even though that team's been together for years so that was a little a pretty big surprise for everyone i don't think anyone really thought the bucks were, i think a lot of people thought the bucks were gonna make the finals let alone uh, losing the first round uh, to the Miami Heat While the Miami Heat Now have a 3-1 lead In the Eastern Conference Finals, So they're kind of Flipping that one On everyone's head um, Hard team not to root for In those Heat um, Move on to the Knicks oh, In five of the Cavs That was a big surprise For me I really like the Cavs I thought the Cavs Were kind of a sneaky team This year Not a championship team But a team that could You know Maybe push You know A Bucks in that second round To maybe a seven game series But I was very wrong With that Knicks came out Very tough matchup For the Cavs It was really just A matchup based thing In my opinion um, When it came to that series Knicks looked good Um not as good uh didn't look as good in that second round though um and we'll talk about that in a sec but uh moving on to the celtics in six over the hawks um yeah i was a little surprised we went to six but the hawks fought they put a lot of effort out there i was impressed with their um the, you know everything that they've been through this season with coaching in the past couple seasons so um i was impressed by their effort but the celtics obviously were the best team um moving to the nuggets uh they they cleaned up the wolves wolves are just a careless basketball team sorry red but um, a lot of carelessness uh, allowed the nuggets to kind of easily walk through that that series in five games um and then moving on to the suns five in five games with the clips obviously injuries um affected the clippers this season um i'm not going to say much about the clippers that's every season for the clippers uh Kawhi thinks that he could play half the season and be ready uh physically and that just doesn't make any sense to me i get not wanting to be tired of the playoffs but also are you going to be physically prepared for those 48 minute games in the playoffs? Is your body going to be able to hold up? And I, I don't know if you haven't been playing except 30 games in the past, like 10 years, it feels like that's over-exaggerating, but you know, the, the, the guy hasn't played full season with the Clippers since he's been there. Um, the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, he's, been injury prone too since he's been a clipper um those are two two of my favorite players so it's hard to say uh it's hard to see that um even though they're clippers on the clippers it's hard it's easy to hate the clippers it's hard to dislike some of their stars that i've always been fans of but um i'm not surprised i didn't think that the i thought the clippers could make a run if healthy coming into the playoffs paul george was injured i knew that he was injured so that kind of like pushed him to the side for me i thought if healthy that team is one of the best teams in the league um Depth-wise, the moves that they made at, uh, at the trade deadline were very good, I thought. So I was honestly a little surprised, uh, but not because of the injuries. Um, and the Suns were a little bit surprised in that second round. We'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, going to the Warriors in seven of the Kings, that was probably the best uh, series. It was the only series that went seven in the first round, and it was definitely the most competitive. Um, the Kings— Young, hungry, couldn't get the job done over the champs, the defending champs. Uh impressive effort though from the Kings. The Warriors just they just outmatched them, man. They just they showed their experience against a team that has no experience in the playoffs. And then the Lakers finishing it off against the Grizzlies in six. Uh, I was very happy about that one. I was just just happy that they could shut up that Grizzlies team. A team that talks a lot for um, you know, the ha- for a team that hasn't done anything in this league, really. Um not even making it to a conference finals yet. So <laughs> um they, they talk for a team that really hasn't won anything so I was very happy to see that um and I was happy for my Lakers to get out of that first round that was that was I, th- I knew the Lakers get out of that first round so I was happy that they could um let's move on to the second round we'll just kind of speak through this um don't want to spend too much time on all these uh Heat and six over the, uh, the over the Knicks not too surprised by this one I thought the Heat uh, had a really good matchup I also thought the Knicks were probably pretty happy playing the Heat instead of the Bucks. Just to flip that around, though, it's the Heat were probably very happy to play against this Knicks team, um, matchup-wise. They were just, Knicks, Knicks couldn't keep up. They just couldn't keep up offensively, <clears throat> excuse me, with this team. So, um, not too surprised uh, by that result. Um, and then move on to the Celtics in seven over the Sixers. That was definitely the best series in the second round. Very competitive Um the superstars came and go uh, would come and go in this series one game you would have james Harden master class and then you would have a jason tatum master class then a joel joel and b master class so kind of bounced around between superstars and game to game um at the end of the day though the best superstar on the court well that's a questionable debate when joel's on the court this version of joel when he was hurt the best superstar on the court jason tatum showed up and proved that uh injured joel you could tell throughout the series he was just not himself fully um don't want to Take anything away from the Celtics, but um, Jason Tatum's master class in game seven to 50, 51 points I can't remember off the top of my head 50 piece. Uh, I know that for sure um, I was in, in complete awe watching that performance Um and, and he just proved that he's the superstar he is I need some more consistency from him Uh, we we'll talked about the heat series and his inconsistencies so far in that series um, I need more s- more consistency from JT when it comes to him being a superstar. I think he's a superstar, but I just need a, that consistency just a little bit more. Um, but his best is top five in this league. So um, very impressive. And I just want to shout it out, uh, JT. Shout out JT in that game seven performance. Nuggets in six over the Suns. Suns were a pretty big surprise for me this season. I didn't think they would. Um, any team with Kevin Durant has, an, has a chance it proves that they only had Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in this series. Devin Booker had one of the best, if not the best, um, um, postseason of all the players, superstars in this, in this, uh, postseason so far. I mean, he's been uh, unstoppable. Maybe behind Jokic, who's been getting triple doubles every single game, it feels like, um, Devin Booker was on a different planet. Kevin Durant was struggling. And it's one of those things where it's like, when is Kevin Durant going to have one of those games? Is he going to have one of those just, I'm the best player of the planet games? Never did in this entire series, mainly because the Suns just did not have enough talent around them. You can say they have two of the best superstars, and that's not even a debate, but that team was not fully... Built it was not deep enough They got rid of all their depth for Kevin Durant and that was shown uh, Against the Nuggets Lakers and six over the Warriors very happy about this defend De- Defeating the defending champs um, In LA very happy about the Lakers season like I said before um, Handling the Warriors was a big test for us. I thought once again We were the better team in this series going into it and they proved it, you know They didn't have a great great games consistently and Davis comes and goes but um I just, I knew the Lakers were the better team and then they proved it in six games, came out ready in that sixth game um, and, and just put them away, you know, put them away like the team I, I thought they could, uh, could be. And now moving on to the conference finals, what we've really been probably, y'all been probably waiting for for the last 10 minutes. Um, I wanted to get through all that though, since we missed all that, at least give y'all some mini takes of what I thought about those series. Let's get to this Heat versus Celtics series, the series that's still going on, um, could have Ended last night, but Jason Tatum said, not on my watch. The Celtics, in general, said, not on my watch. And they went out there and had a heck of a performance. Um, Superstar Jason Tatum showed up big time uh, in that third quarter. I'm going to pull up um, the stats from last night. Um, I've got the stats from the series, but I didn't have the game stats from last night, surprisingly. uh, Pulled up here. Um, Yeah, so Jason Tatum, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He had an all-around game. I knew it was an all-around. I didn't think it was a triple double I knew it was and all around still five turnovers but you kind of live with that with Jason Tatum he comes kind of comes with uh, his, his his ability on the basketball court um and then you got guys showing up everybody in the in the and the, the starting five had uh, double uh, double figures. Uh, Grant Williams off the bench had fourteen. He's been pretty dang good offensively the last two games, and they brought him in. I think he was a he's been a nice little change of pace. I know he poked the bear. Game three shouldn't have done that and caused Jimmy Butler to go crazy on him. Um, even though I don't like him doing that, I love the energy he is bringing to this team. He is he, he's one of those guys. There's always like a couple bench players on these championship teams and these playoff teams where. Uh, they lost all their minutes. Like, maybe they were a key piece to the team a few months ago, maybe last year, like Grant Williams was in the playoffs, in the finals. And then he loses all his minutes, comes in, and is prepared and ready. Never, like, it's like he's been playing 40 minutes every single game. He's He came in prepared. He came in ready. His shot was ready. He was not not there was no lack of uh energy his attitude wasn't bad his body language was good so um there's always those kind of players uh, uh to kind of key back to my lakers lonnie walker did that for us in the Warriors series um was ready for his moment Didn't was a starter for us at the game of the season lost all of his minutes didn't play in the playoffs at all comes in in that uh in that warrior series and puts him away in one of those games and that's what it felt like Grant Williams has kind of done in this series for uh, uh, um, for the Celtics in these last two games, even though he poked the bear last game. He's come out and just given this team a little bit of a spark offensively off that bench uh, when they needed it, especially from three because this team has been so good from three uh, all season and they have struggled mildly. Um, in this series specifically, JB uh, uh, Jalen Brown specifically from three is twelve percent uh, in this in this series so far, and that is absolutely unacceptable from uh, a near superstar. He's a star. He's a near superstar. Um, I think that's a valid thing to say about Jalen Brown, and he has not shown up in this series. Um, he's been a probably the key key thing for me in this series is Jalen Brown's just uh, lackability to score the basketball and his confidence. It's just low low to me when I see him on the court. Sixteen point eight points per game with only 6 rebounds and 3.5 assists on 12% shooting percent uh, 12% three point sh- percent shooting percentage um last night he only had 17 on 6 of 16 1 of 5 from downtown so he still even last night he was still struggling with five uh with uh five up uh, uh, fouls Let's see how many turnovers he had because that's always been a problem of his too, his turnovers. Uh, he actually only had one last night, so you'd like to see that from him, kind of being a little bit more uh, efficient with the basketball for for assists as well. Um, but efficiency when it comes to that shot, that's what I gotta see. That's why I gotta see Jalen Brown. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can't, you can't, you can't do this uh, in the conference finals and expect to win. You know, that's the that's the that's the crazy part about all this is that you know Jalen Brown is just he's just not showing up and they and, my, and I'm going to get to the to the to game 5 in a sec um but that that has been one of the biggest things is you know the heat are getting contributions from Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. The Celtics are getting Jason Tatum's 27.8 points per game. That's almost it. Next leading scorer 16.8 per, 16.8 per game. Next leading score, 11.8 per game. Yeah, and those four players are named for the Heat 26.8 for Jimmy Butler, 18.5 for uh, Caleb Martin. Gabe Vincent, 17.5. Bam, 16.3. And, and Caleb Martin and Vincent are shooting 46% from three, 50% from three. Both are shooting over 55% from the field. Caleb Martin shooting 63.8% from the field. That's a shooter. That's not a guy that's going to the basket every time. That's not a center that's sitting in the paint and hook shotting it. No, that's a guy from shooting from three. That's a guy shooting the mid-range. He's tacking the basket, but he's shooting the ball. He's a, he's a shooter. It's insane that he has that high of a shooting percentage. And that's been the story of this. Series so far too, you know, I could talk about jb not showing up and stars not being there But man, this role these role players for the heat have been unstoppable nearly I mean they have shown up every single game It feels like Uh, I think yesterday was probably the only game. They really didn't get much of a contribution Um, yeah, vincent had a good game and martin once again Those two guys are 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 just staying ready every single game Uh, 17 from vincent 16 from martin so they didn't get the the other guys, besides those two guys um, didn't really show. Bam, uh, he didn't uh, ten points. That's not bad, but zero assists, five rebounds. That's not not much of a dominant presence. Jimmy, he had a good day, twenty nine. Obviously, it was a little cold in the second half, so um, uh, kind of allowed the Heat. To, I mean, the Celtics to take that big lead on him late. Um, so th- that, that's the biggest key takeaways for me in this series is you know Jalen Brown not showing up in this series at all. Um, terrible shooting percentage for this team. Let's actually look at it right now. I have the team stats pulled up for the series. Shooting percentage for the Boston Celtics is 32% right now, while the Heat are shooting 41%. So... There's there's the flip right there. You know the the Heat were shooting lower than I, I think near thirty percent, if not lower, in the regular season this year. While the Celtics were one of the better teams at the three, and they can't shoot, they can't shoot anything in these in this series. And the Celtics, I mean, the and the Heat can't miss. Um, so it's one of those things where. That that kind of just paints the picture so far. the 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 Celtics are not winning in the ways that they have to win. that the Heat know how to ha- they know how to beat this this the Celtics squad, and that's not letting them hit fifteen threes. I think the stats are, I think they're undefeated when they hit fifteen threes in this postseason, and uh, winless when they don't. So if they don't hit fifteen from that three point line, it's it's dang near a guaranteed win for you. So uh, I, I think that's what. Um, uh, Eric Spolstra has really told his team I know there's been multiple timeouts where he has said you know, Hey guys, this team can only beat us if they hit the three You know, they're gonna hit their shots Like last night, the post game, he said This team just hit their shots, y'all It was They were bound, they were they were due, you know This team doesn't just miss their shots four straight games They have not lost four straight games all year Didn't really expect them to lose last night It was tough being on the road, um, but they showed effort especially after game three when it looked like they quit on everybody, so um, you love to see that effort and, and that display of competitiveness in game four um, from this team because there was a lot of talk about them quitting, um, Magic even came out and had something to say about it, and the only other franchise that Magic respects more than the Celtics is his Lakers, so um, there was no surprise there when it comes to Magic's comments and stuff um, but overall in this series it's 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 been a heck of a series Um a shock. That's that's probably the biggest word I would use so far. Um, but it's not over. It's not over. First one to four. Celtics got to get three more and four straight um it's gonna be an uphill battle uh, I'll give y'all my prediction for game five uh soon um but I, I'll say this the series is not over the series is not over the biggest game is the next game and I want to talk too much about all my points in that um but the biggest game of the series is the next game um the Celtics is oh, it's a one game series for them the the Heat are just playing to play the Heat have to come out prepared because they don't they don't want this to go back to Miami. I I know they don't. I, I know they want to finish this thing in Boston because then that puts the pressure back on them. But like I said, I'll talk about that a little bit later in uh, this uh, show, uh, in this podcast. Let's move on, though, to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Take the L in the sweep. Um, very tough series for the Lakers uh, very competitive even though it was a four-game uh, series um, every single game was pretty much uh, up for grabs uh, at least late the first game was not competitive for three-quarters and then uh, The Lakers clawed their way back into it with an opportunity late uh, Couldn't close it out uh, Game two game three and game four once again the Lakers were right in it and the story of the the series for me um, I don't want to take this act like I'm taking this uh uh, Skip Bayless actually said it after, I think, game two. I think it was either game one or game two where he said they the Lakers don't have a closer and the Lakers just do not have a closer. That was the end of this. That was that was it with the series. You know, the, the Nuggets were the better team, but the Lakers just did not have a closer. The Lakers, in this series, had opportunities to win when they weren't the better team, which is actually surprising to me. Um, I I came into this in the with a belief that the Lakers were gonna win this series. I thought they could get it done in six or seven. Um, I just thought the Lakers match up with Jokic. I wasn't gonna like eliminate him. I thought Anthony Davis would just be a little more physical, showing a body that he hasn't had to feel this entire playoffs. And I was very wrong about that. Anthony Davis really couldn't really do too much to Jokic uh, when he was playing a man on man. So that matchup was not good uh, for us. Jokic dominated um, uh, majority of the, excuse me, majority of these uh, of this series. So that was a big thing, and and then it came down to the Nuggets having a closer. The Nuggets had a guy that could go get you a bucket any point in that game at any moment. Jamal Murray could go get a bucket for that team and, and just kind of either stop the bleeding or take over or switch to momentum. Anything, anything that they needed. It came from Jamal when it came to an energy standpoint. Because, I mean, Jokic, he doesn't play with that much energy. He's he's a little bit slower out there, but my gosh, does he make it work? Jamal goes out there, and he makes, he, he makes shots that just literally take the life out of you, man. He makes shots that literally demoralize you. Um, and as a team, that's got to be just tough when he's making those step-back 30-footers. And to close the game, it's just like one of those things where it's just like... You gotta put the hands up man you gotta put the hands up and it's his night it's his night the worst thing was it was three nights uh, for Jamal Murray in this series it felt like um, uh, the Lakers didn't uh, the Lakers matchup with Jamal wasn't as much of a problem for me than the Jokic matchup the The problem was is they were unwilling to make the adjustment on, on Jokic to, to game four and to, as a starting lineup move I mean like putting Rui in and putting Dennis in um, I don't understand the offensive approach this series. I'm um, trying to outscore this team. You know, putting uh, uh, putting Dilo in the starting lineup and taking Dennis out, and and um, there was just some interesting moves for this this lineup uh, throughout this series that I just thought if you make one move, it could have really changed the series. Uh, putting Rui in uh, Game Four really helped us early. Got a 15 point lead. Rui really wasn't doing much, but um, defensively we just looked a little bit more confident. Um. The LeBron game four was absolutely Unbelievable we'll talk about him in a second too um, But it, it, When it comes to this series man I, I, I'll give you all some uh, insight Into um, everything with The, the Lakers uh, the, and, the, and the Nuggets let's look at some stats Here um, Jamal Murray averaged In this series where is it 32 points Per game uh, six rebounds And five assists three steals A game as well that that's that's a stat that I didn't even realize that he was dominating in as well. Three steals a game for Jamal in this series is ridiculous. Um, Nikola Jokic, obviously he had a crazy triple-double series. 20, 27.8 points per game, 14.5 rebounds and 12 assists. Uh, one steal in one block a game. Just dominance. Dominance at its highest level. Um, 41% from three, 50% from the field. Uh, J- J- Jamal was hitting 40% from the three. Um, Jokic doesn't take threes a lot, but... Man, when he makes those crazy step back over the shoulder rainbow shots, it's absolutely demoralizing as well. That's that too. No, not even just Jamal. It's Jokic. He'll make these shots. Are just like, oh, come on, man, come on. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do here? Um. So that, that those are those things. Where it's just like, ugh. Sometimes you just got to take it on the chest, man. This team was just a better, just a better basketball team, man. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had a feeling that he would be a problem for the Lakers in this series size and shooting ability He's a flamethrower from downtown actually wasn't really good in game four, but he had a lot of clutch threes in this series 42 uh, percent from three that just says enough. He was a shooter and he shot well uh, And then I think the the key role player of this entire series for the for the um Denver Nuggets was KCP uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. that guy talk about an absolute game changer that dude is an Energy player. That dude has changed his game. Uh, I've never seen him so confident in his jump shot. Um, he can hit it from anywhere. Um, not afraid to attack the basket. Not afraid to play the a little bit of a point guard role and, and pass the ball around. Three and D guy. He's strong on defense. And then this in this series, he just he just worked on the offensive end. Man, he he just got buckets in that hope. You know, he was just almost. Almost unguardable when it came to that. When him get to a jump shot, um, in, in some points of the series, he was forty nine percent from the field and 40, 44, 40 yeah forty four percent from three. So it's just their top three scores, top four scores, all shot over forty percent from three. So that shows you how well this team is offensively. And uh, as a team, they shot uh, 40% from three and uh, 49% from the field. Uh, moving on to the Lakers, LeBron led the way for the Lakers with 27.8 points per game, uh, nine rebounds, 10 assists, near triple double. Anthony Davis, 26.8 points per game, 14 assists, uh, three blocks a game, uh, and a steal and a half. Uh, LeBron, would have a steal and a half too in a, in a, uh, per game. And then Austin Reeves, he was our clutchest, most um, definitely our clutchest player, but also. The biggest, I don't don't want to say surprise, but just, I don't know what the word I would use, actually. Uh, I'll come back to that. I don't know what your word I would use. I would just, just efficient. I guess that's the word I'll use. I mean, absolutely efficient, man. That guy, he he better get paid. He better get paid. We're going to talk about some off-season moves for the Lakers in in a second, too, but that man better get paid. AR-15 better get paid. Austin Reeves, absolute bucket. 21 points per game in this series. Five assists. Uh, shooting 55% from field and 56% from three. Didn't get enough looks from out there, honestly. That was on our team. And then my other favorite player, other role, this master role player, understood his role and played it to a T. Um, didn't have a great green four, but he was just ready at all times, it felt like. Um, Ryu Hachimuro. My, one of my, I said it when we made the move after after all the moves we made this at the, a trade deadline Rui Hachimura would be our most important trade piece of the entire off uh, entire season and he was he was ready He has an NBA body. He understands what? Excuse me. He understands how he has He understands how to get to his shot how to get to his buckets how to play defense. He's aggressive He's strong um and he's a lottery pick. It's not like this guy was some bum, some undrafted guy that, you know, and Awesome Reeves undrafted guy, you know, um and he's just ch- changed his game. And then and Rui Hachimura, he's a lottery guy. This guy this guy was drafted in the top 15 for a reason. Uh, he was a really good player in college. So, um I truly think he could take that next step forward and maybe become that lottery player, you know, that maybe that that, that good player for uh, for the Lakers. Um and then I the stats don't say enough of what this guy did. Dennis Schroeder, um, he was a defensive pesk for this team. Really loved his effort um, overall. Uh, just was everywhere on the team. So, Or everywhere on the court during this series when it came to Jamal, uh, defending Jamal and stuff. He was never afraid. He didn't lock him up. He got shot over a lot. He really wasn't the perfect defender against him, but at least he tried. At least he was like glue on him. And when Jamal would make a step back midi, uh, uh, he just barely get an inch over the hand. It's just like, all right, man, you just got to live with it. And rather than, you know, watching Delo just walk around out there and let him get an open three, you know. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a, I'm okay with Dennis playing hard defense and them getting a tough shot. You know, I'd rather that. So um, I, I just wanted to at least shout out um, Dennis Schroeder when it came to his performance in this series. But shout out to the Nuggets. You know, I've talked about the Lakers a lot. They're my team, but Nuggets are so tough. This team is easily the toughest team. This this LeBron uh, Lakers since LeBron become a Lakers, this is the best team that the Lakers have ever played. I think um, as a cohesive unit, um, uh, the bubble the bubble nuggets were never not even close to how, uh, as good as this team. Uh, they weren't even better than that Heat team that year. I think. Um, and and now this season the, the Nuggets have figured it out The thing about the Nuggets is They're going to be around You know, they're young They've been building this thing for a while And they're still hungry They're so close to it um, I, I. It's going to be hard for either one of those teams In the East to beat that Nugget squad um, Off the top of my head I'm probably going to jump out And just say that I'm picking the Nuggets To win the finals Depends who they play If it's Miami, it's going to be a fun series If it's the Suns, it's going to be a fun series I don't know I don't know I'm not going to make my prediction, but at this moment, it's probably Nuggets, uh, no matter who they play. They're just so good. They're the best team remaining, in my opinion. But it's the playoffs. It's the finals. Sometimes the best team doesn't win. Let's talk about, though, the Lakers' offseason's possibilities. Um, there's, some, there's some things that they could do this offseason, um, um, and there's a lot that they have to do, um, obviously. LeBron James talked about it. He highlighted it in his postgame. Um, we'll talk about it right now. LeBron hinting at the possibility of being done with the sport of basketball. The question is, do you believe him? And this was a question that like every single news network, every single person asked themselves. Do you believe him? And the real question is, Do you, if you do believe him, then it's not do you believe that he's going to retire. It's do you think he's going to think about it? Because that's all he said. Yeah, he he assured that. Yeah, I'm going to think about retirement to the reporter Dave McManaman, I think, or Brian Windhorse uh, post game. Like that's what I mean. But do you believe him? Do you think that he is just going to at least think about it, sit down and think about it? I believe him. He's 38 years old, 20 years in the league, leading scorer of all time, has the most minutes in the playoffs. He's going to pass Kareem for most uh, regular season and minutes, play, uh, minutes played in the entire uh, playoffs and regular season. Uh, he's going to pa- pass, he's going to be top 10 in almost every statistical category that matters. I mean, at the end of the day, LeBron has absolutely nothing else to give to this sport. But, do I believe him? I believe that he's going to think about it, but I do not believe that he's going anywhere. But as a simple fact, they were one series away from the finals. And then LeBron James is still a top five player in this league. You can say top 10. You can say top 12. I say top five. That 40 piece proved to me if that man was healthy, he is still a top five player in this league. Um, foot, not ankle. I can't remember. I think it says left or right foot. Um, that's going to require surgery this offseason. So, in my opinion... When he, when he comes out and says in the post game I'm still 90% better than this league. I think he's 99% better than people in this league. I think he was being a little generous, you know. Did um, he came out like say 95? Well, I still think 99, 98, 99, you know. Uh, there's only a couple players better than him, man. Uh, 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 that's, my, that's my truth. That's what I believe. But LeBron is 38 years old. LeBron would be going into year 21, there's a lot of things to think about here, y- y'all. I know his biggest thing was to play with Bronny. I know he wanted to play with uh, Bronny. Um, that's been his thing. He wouldn't be his teammate or even compete against him. I'm not too sure if there was like a either-or type of a thing. But that's that's been his biggest thing. You know, Obviously, his biggest thing is a championship. But his biggest thing he can do besides a championship in the NBA that remains is to play in the same time as Bronny. But also saying that, that's that's my dream. Maybe that's not maybe that's not his dream. You know, that maybe that's not what I want to do. Maybe that's that's maybe that's not what he wants to do. I mean, it's what I want to do, but it may not be what he wants to do. You know, Bronny just signed with USC over the last week or so. So he's gonna be sticking around at home and stuff. So it, it, it raises the question, man, do you believe LeBron? I believe him. I believe that he is gonna sit back, think not think about it immediately, you know, relax, soak in the season, hang out with the fam, hang out with some friends. I think he's gonna think about it. I do. And I think this is the first time LeBron's ever even given it a thought. I um, mean, it's crazy to even think about LeBron giving retirement a thought. But we got to realize that this man's not going to be around forever. He's 38 years old, 20 years in this league. Appreciate greatness, is all I got to say. Appreciate greatness while it's still here it's funny how many people get sad or mad and and uh thankful once a a guy comes out and says maybe it's done for me you know maybe i'm out you know the haters become real fans real quick once they realize that guy's no longer gonna be in the league so um just appreciate it man if this is it, if next year's it, if if he's done in five years, who knows? Whatever it is, I'm thankful that I got to watch the best version of LeBron James, this version of LeBron James, and you know, as a Lakers fan and as a LeBron James uh, fan, you know, I I'm I just thankful that he gave me all the memories that he has given me in this time, um, and uh, we'll see, we'll see. I can't change his opinion, and I I, I but I'm still pretty confident that LeBron knows that he has a lot left in that tank. Maybe not a lot, but I think two to three more years left in that tank if he wants it at, at a high level, and um, it's up to him if that competitive if that competitive juice and those competitive juices are still flowing in him. I think they are. Um, people say he's the most competitive person they know, so I just don't think he's gonna walk away when he's still at uh, uh, such a high level in his, in his playing ability. So I'd be very surprised. Quick thing, uh, thing around these news networks is: should you take a year off? Take a year off? Take a, No, no. No, that's my simple answer. I'm not gonna go too in depth with that. No, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. LeBron's not taking a year off of basketball. At Thirty-nine years old, and then coming back for forty for his when he's forty. No, that makes no sense. The man is thirty-eight years old. If he's coming to play back to play baseball basketball, he's coming back to play basketball or not. He's retiring or he's not retiring. Okay, stop these narratives. Stop this crap. If he comes back a little bit later in the season next year, I won't be surprised if he gets that surgery and says, I'm gonna push off till December. Maybe I could be back by October, but let's push it off till December. Let my body adjust and everything. Let me build my body up. And I think the Lakers might can survive until that point. We'll see. But um that wouldn't surprise me as much. It's taking a year off. What that thirty-eight years old, that's crazy. That's crazy, bro. It's crazy. That's some stupid stuff, man. Don't believe. It. Don't believe it. Um but that will do it for my LeBron James possibly retiring talk. The once again, thank you, LeBron. Let's go into the Lakers' off season moves because this team is still a team without LeBron or not. Um, let's look at. I'm gonna give y'all some you know levels of what I think the Lakers can do in this offseason when it comes to their moves. I got uh, three levels. I got keepers. I've got on the bubble guys, guys that I wouldn't mind keeping or leaving. Um, and see you later, guys. Out of here. We don't. I, if you're on this team next year, it's a problem. Um, and then free agents, I would love for the, uh, lo- love to see the Lakers at least make an attempt for it. Some of these guys might be a little outlandish. Honestly, one of them might be a little outlandish. The most, the other other guys that I've got on here are kind of reasonable. I try to be realistic. I didn't put Kyrie uh, on here because I don't think Kyrie's coming to Lakers. And I didn't put a trade for a Trey Young because I, I don't want that defensive nuisance on my team. I had d Um I like D-Low. I like d more than I like Trey Young. So, I don't want Trey Young. Sorry. That man's led the league in assists the past two years. He is not a good three-point percentage shooter. He might take a lot of threes, and there might be some cool 30-footers, but he still shoots 33% from out there. I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't want him. He's closer, though. So, um, Let's get into it. Though. Let's get into it. Keepers. Keepers for the Lakers next season. Starting off with the King Returns. That's what I need. I need the king to return, first of all. That's the biggest move of the offseason for the Lakers. If that happens, then we can start, we're going to start, you know, thinking about maybe making a run at this thing. Uh, keeper, obviously, they've floated around. Another stupid thing that's out there Anthony Davis will be back with the team this year. I get it. He's Mr. Mountain himself, up and down, Mr. Slopes, whatever you want to call him. That man cannot consistently play great basketball in the playoffs. I have not seen it. I did not see it in this playoffs, really. Um, but I truly think, I, I, I've got a feeling that this could be the year that Anthony Davis finally officially takes that mantle from Braun. Um, we've been waiting for it for four years now. What, since Braun's been here since 2019? Uh, well, 2020 is when we got AD. So three years, you know, three years we've been waiting for this mantle to be passed. And, um, and it's not been passed yet. Because Anthony Davis is just not willing to grab it. So I think this is the year, though, that Anthony Davis, if, if, if there's a year, it's got to be this year, you know, to just say, all right, um, right, he's got he's to take that step forward this offseason, build his body, be prepared, got to stay healthy, be available. Availability is the most important thing in the NBA right now, um, especially for a team like the Lakers that is so, so reliant on their superstars. Another keeper for me this offseason, Austin Austin reeves that man better get paid excuse me y'all um austin reeves 80 million dollar man probably that's the number i'm gonna throw around about 20 million a year um i I mean i I wouldn't be surprised i could push up to 25 you know um that man has earned every single cent uh of his next paycheck absolute star i would be honestly shocked to the to the core, if the Lakers somehow found a way not to bring this guy back, restricted free agency. so you can match whatever is offered to him. I imagine he's going to get offered around eighty million dollars. So, um, be prepared, be prepared, Lakers. You're gonna have to you have to bust up in that uh, that piggy bank for a uh, ar fifteen. The next guy that we have got to, to sign, no matter what, Rui Hachimura. Uh, that guy is an energy player. That guy is always ready for the moment. He has never shot away. Maybe he didn't play great in Game Four. Maybe the lights were a little too bright, but he was still putting effort out there, playing defense, trying offensively. It just wasn't falling for him. So, um, I just love what Rui brings to the team. He's a big guy. He's a he's a he's a true power forward in this league, and um, um, it, it's it's like it may not even true power forward. It's more just a true just. Forward. That guy is just, he is, he just does everything at the forward position. Not, he's a, uh, not afraid to de- play defense. And he's not afraid to shoot or attack the basketball or take that mid range, that nice little fade away from the post. You know, that guy's got a little bit of a bag that not a lot of players in this league have that. And he's also very underrated with that bag. So I think no matter what. Nelson Reeves, Rudolph tomorrow with Anthony Davis and LeBron have to be back for next year. A couple more names in the keepers. I do want to see Schroeder back. The, the hard thing for me for Schroeder is how much money is that going to get? How much money is he going to get paid? Because he passed up on our deal. That one time, gets the minimum, gets cut, gets brought back to the Lakers, and he was just a pest. That guy, he's earned himself some money, man. Like It's hard to come off of a, uh, of a minimum deal once you're on it. Especially after he even offered big money Turned it down because he thought you should be getting more And then got put back on a minimum It's hard to bounce off that minimum It's hard to get off of it I think Dennis Schroeder has earned himself some money If it's too much money then Lakers might have to think about it Going in a different direction I don't think it's going to be too much money Dennis, he, he's the guy that, He's not going to be getting too much money But he deserves more than a minimum, minimum contract Is uh, the thing I'm trying to say here um, a guy that really didn't show up in the conference finals, but he had too many good moments this season. He's too good of a defender. Lakers need that. They need energy defenders, even though he has not much of an offensive presence. I think one off season at the P.J. Tucker, uh, what is it, corner specialist masterclass, that or Ray Allen or or Clay Thompson, whoever the hell you want to learn from for that corner three pick them find them hang out offseason with him Vando. I want to bring back his name Vanderbilt. He's a defensive guy. Um, he might not have any offensive abilities really, but um, defensively, he's just elite. Um, He's not afraid to make those those plays defensively and, and guard anybody he is willing to guard anybody He might not be perfect, but he is willing to guard anybody. I like players like that. So Um, I would love to bring vando back if they can work on that corner three. That's all I need Just give me give me one or two of those a game one or two of those a game Just a try it doesn't have to go in just attempt it to get that defense thinking man um um, if he can work on that That little corner three I think uh, Vando Is definitely a keeper For next season And then Max Christie Only because I think He's under contract um, Young guy too I wouldn't mind Keeping a young guy like him We drafted him um, I've heard really good things About his jump shot He's not afraid To take the three He's gonna work on it So I like Christie Max Christie I think he's already On contract So the only reason I put him on keepers Was because of that And Let's keep the young guys Why not We drafted him I'll keep him Who wants him He hasn't played any minutes Keep him around um, all right let's get to the on the bubble players these players I uh, wouldn't be sad if we lost them but I think they would be great locker rooms slash players on the court you know um, with a training camp everything that comes into an offseason so you can build the team if they're on this team from day one I think that they could bring a nice nice thing to the squad um, and those players are Lonnie Walker the fourth I, I, we got to find a way to bring back that guy um, I I he, I didn't put him on keepers because he didn't get enough big moments for this team. So it's like, if we lose him, maybe we can find a guy that can replace that role. Um, I won't be complete butthurt, but I really would love to see Lonnie back as a Laker. At the beginning of the season, I thought he going to be a starter all year. I mean, he played so good for us early on, got a little cold streak, and then came back in these playoffs and just stayed stayed ready, man. <laughs> stayed ready. I think if the Lakers need to find a way to bring back a guy like that. He's a guy that's just—he is a good playoff player. You know, um, unafraid of the moment. So I would love to bring him back. Uh, I might get clowned for this one, but my man came out in that game four and gave. Some of the most energetic, hard minutes of the entire series for the Lakers. Tristan Thompson. That man better be on our roster next season. Um, He's in the bubble for me because he didn't get any minutes all year. We didn't even pick him up to the last two weeks of the season. Um, But that man, there's no reason that man should have been a free agent until the two weeks of the season. There's no reason that man should be working on ESPN during the year. That guy is a legitimate basketball player still. There is too many bad players in this league for that guy to not get a roster spot somewhere. That guy came out in game four and gave hell. Maybe he wasn't perfect. Maybe Jokic worked him a couple times. But he came out and gave effort. He came and gave us a little bit of energy. Played defense. Set picks. Guarded Jokic. You know, just tried. Passed the ball. Wasn't afraid to run the floor as a big man. He was not. He gave a little bit of a spark at that center position, the Lakers have not had all year. AD was gassed in game four. He was gassed. It was one of those things where it's like, what, what are we doing, Anthony Davis? Like, how is, how is Tristan Thompson not working right now? So that's one of those things where it's like, you gotta find, you gotta bring back this guy. Even if he doesn't play any minutes, he's a locker room guy. Um, I think he's just he's a guy that you know if he doesn't get any minutes, oh well, he's your 15th player. That guy's never going to get minutes anyways. I'd rather him be our 15th player than someone that has absolutely locker, absolutely no locker room presence either. So I think Tristan Thompson brings value to the team even if he's not even playing on the court. Um, so I would like to see him uh, come back. And then a guy he I didn't want to put him to see you later because he had too many good moments for this team. Uh, not a lot of. Uh, there were some bad moments, but the bad moments didn't kill our season. So I can't. I can't be too bad on him. Plus, he's been one of the best shooters in the league the past two years. He just got a cold streak. It happens to shooters. Malik Beasley. I would. I would like to see him back on the Lakers next year. I think him full full off with the Lakers. Find him a role on that to on, on on the seconds. I think he would be a great addition to this team, or a great um, not an addition, bring back to this team. I guess you would say um, for next year because I think it was, I think it was second or third last two years and threes behind Steph Curry and Buddy Heald. I think he was third behind those two guys in the last two years and threes. So it's like this guy can shoot. This guy has oper- he's, got, he's been given opportunities and he makes them. He's got a little bit of a cold streak, man. So uh, I would really like to see um, the Lakers uh, bring back Malik Beasley for next season. Uh, all right, let's get to these see you later. See you later. I'm not going to stay too long on these. Uh, these two guys, uh, one of the guys is absolutely for sure out of here. Don't want to see you ever again on this Laker squad. I loved you while you are here. Your two stints here uh, gave you away a little bit. But and then the other guy, I respect him. He played his heart out for us during the regular season. Just didn't get any minutes uh, during these postseason. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone and wouldn't mind to see him gone. on uh, and get a the little more of impact player. So first guy, first, first things first, let's get this guy out of the way. I already know him, De- D'Angelo Russell. Get him out of here. I would love to have him on a minimum. I'll take him on a minimum. You know, a minimum, kind of minimum. I'll take that in a heartbeat. But I ain't paying that man $30, $20 million. No, 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 Nope. No. That man just lost a lot of money. D'Lo lost a lot of money. Goes crazy against the Warriors. Pretty much, people are talking about, oh, this guy's going to be the third guy for this Lakers team. This guy's going to get paid. He might be a Laker for a little bit. Mm-mm. Lost his whole entire role. He lost his whole entire role on this team because of one series. Let's take a look at the those stats for LeBron James in this uh not LeBron James. Uh DeAndre Russell in this series. Six points per game, two rebounds, three and a half assists, and no impact on defense. And then thirteen percent from three. Thirty-two percent from the field, and only seventy-five percent from the free throw line. That is what you call terrible. 25 points in this entire series, y'all. 25 points in this entire series. Um, for a guy where his role is not to play defense, Dennis Schroeder had 28. I'm okay with Dennis Schroder's 28. There is no reason that D'Angelo Russell should be scoring less points than, personally, Rui Hachimura. You know? Like, I love when Rui's aggressive, but D'Angelo Russell should be our third or fourth. Best score on this team. That's that's the only impact he has on a team when he's on a team. He's an offensive star when he's good. When he's good, when he's on, he's an offensive star in the sleep. He was far from that because when he's not making that shot, he has zero impact on defense. I don't understand why Ham kept him in this series. He was not feeling it. Was never going to get confident in this series. When, when you're getting attacked every single play on defense. You're getting attacked every single play on defense, and they're begging you to to take a shot. That confidence is going to go away. I'm not acting like I'm a basketball player. I know all this stuff, but for me, if I was getting cooked up every single play on defense, having to work super hard on defense, losing my legs on defense, and then coming back and they're giving me open shots, man, it's, my confidence is going to be low, man. My confidence is going to be low when it comes to that. You know? So, Daniel Russell, see you later. Not rooting against the guy. I love him. I've always rooted for him, but that dude has no impact for our team like the lakers um but if he's back he's back i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna complain i'm not gonna be one of these guys that you know there's no reason he should be on this team no if he's, he's an nba player at the end of the day you know he's not perfect but he's an nba player um all right i don't know if y'all can hear it there's a lot more outside um the next guy troy brown jr um he played great for us the regular season lakers he gave the Lakers a lot of good minutes during the regular season. I can't hate the impact he had on this team. Um, he had really good games. He, had, he 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 was an energy player during the regular season and just lost all those minutes in the in the in the postseason. Um, and wasn't shooting much from the from the line. I don't even know if he got a minute. Uh, yeah, he didn't get a single minute in this entire series. Um, oh no, he did. He did. Uh, yeah, he came out. Yeah, just bad no, low um no, garbage minutes and stuff. So. It's just one of those things. He's just not get minutes. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's back with the team next year. No Malik didn't, but Malik kind of can, can still bring you a little bit. Uh, to, can bring a little bit to a team offensively if he can get to a hot streak or something. Um, but that'll do it for my CA later players. I didn't have too many of those kind of kind of players on this team. Um, I was i was genuinely happy and impressed with, with this with this squad and what they were able to pull off um i can't say much i mean at the end of the day the lakers just ran into a better team you know it'd be, it'd be different if the lakers lost to a team that wasn't better than them and it was in seven games or a game-winning shot you know the lakers lost in four to a team that was better than them Lakers had chances in every single one of those games and the better players showed up when they needed to show up um not even better players just the bare closers you know lebron's i mean lebron's He's got so many great moments in this league is with buzzer beaters and and, and, and game winning games, but you know, at the end of the day, he's not a closer. He's not a Kobe Bryant closer. He's not a Michael Jordan closer. He's not a Jamal yeah, Jamal Murray closer, you know? He's not a Kyrie Irving closer. That's not what he does. That's not what Anthony Davis does. And that's what the Lakers were lacking in this series. That's why Austin Reeves was so effective in the fourth quarter, because he can go get a bucket at any moment in the game. Um, so that was the biggest thing for this team. It's just they, don't, they didn't have a closer compared to the Nuggets having a closer. They lost it a better team with a better closing unit. Um, Well, that'll do with my see you later, players. Sorry I go on the Lakers tangent. It's been, a, it's been a rough last couple of days. Um, I had to get this all off my chest. Uh, Quickly, let's get into these free agents that I would love to see um, the Lakers maybe take a run at. There's a lot of big names out there. Uh, I kind of wanted to be a little risk, realistic here. Obviously, you can throw the Kyrie name out there. I don't think the Lakers go after him unless he's signing less than 20 million uh, that's the only th- i think the lakers can only afford it if it's less than that because there's no reason we- no reason there's no way the lakers don't match austin and i would be surprised if they don't match Rui. i mean at the point for austin matching austin you might as well match Rui, because you're not gonna, probably gonna be able to bring Ky- Kyrie anyways if you match austin so in my opinion once you match uh, match austin Kyrie's probably out the window um that possibility unless he's taking less than 20 million dollars and i just i'd be shocked i'd be shocked if that happened um so the, the the guys that I really like, and these guys might be $20 million guys, some of them. Um, so I think specifically this first guy because how good he's been playing the last couple of seasons how much he, he has improved his game. Some people might not, might not even know this guy and it's kind of disrespectful if you consider yourself a basketball fan and don't know this guy. And this guy is the definition of a worker, a energy player, uh, a, a defender, and has absolutely improved his offensive game. Jeremy Grant, that dude, he is a worker, man. I... I am a fan. I have been a fan of this guy since I think the Thunder. Yeah. Where did he? Let's hang on. Let's see. Where did Jeremy Grant start his career? He started with. He's on the trailblazers. He was drafted by the 76ers. Okay. So then he got moved. Okay. Okay, he got moved to the Thunder. Okay, okay. And he was with the Nuggets, and then he was with the Pistons, and now he's with the Blazers. Okay, okay. I remember his, his days with the Thunder were pretty fun days, uh, and with uh, the Nuggets in that 2020 season. Uh, I remember him that year. I was like when we beat him in the, in the Western Conference Finals. But that man has taking a massive step forward, and I think he would be an elite, an elite number four next to Anthony Davis, if you all want to keep Anthony Davis at that center position. Fully for it if you're going to do that. If you're saying, hey, Anthony Davis, it was your first year as center and it was pretty, pretty good job. Let's, let's run it back, get bigger, stronger, more adjusted to that body, see if we can stay even more healthy. And let's try and run it back with this an elite defender in the four spot so you kind of have some help down there. Um, I would love that move. I think that would be my favorite move if the Lakers make one this offseason when it comes to a role player. If you want to get a role player if we're getting a start I'd be happy if we landed on Kyrie I'd be happy it's, it's, it's hard not to be at least a little happy I'd be a little scared a little nervous probably not as happy actually because there's a lot that comes with Kyrie Irvin am um, a massive fan of the guy um, but I would love if the Lakers go and get a Jeremy Grant um, to kind of match with Anthony Davis on the defensive end uh, it, this is kind of a flip on its head if the Lakers said alright the center with Anthony Davis, uh, it it worked, but we won a championship with Anthony Davis at the four. Let's see if that works again. You know, let's go with that approach where we get some centers like Dwight Howard, Javale McGee. AD sees at the four position, he could play that help defense. You know, bang up Jokic. That's how they kind of beat him in that last time. Um, so if they decide that, I would love. For the Lakers go after Brooke Lopez. I think you can get him kind of on a decent deal. He's been a Laker before. He had some really good moments. If you don't forget, those, the, the years when he was a Laker was the years he kind of became that three-point dead eye a little bit. Um, those years when he was with the Lakers, he kind of changed his game a little bit um, to that three-point specialist uh, when it comes to, uh, at least center-wise, a three-point specialist. So I would not be surprised at all by that. He's a great rebounder. Was I think he was runner-up Defensive Player of the Year. If not runner-up, he was in the top three at least. I knew he was a finalist. Excuse me. Um, he'd be a perfect guy next to Anthony Davis if you want Anthony Davis to, to get a little bit of, uh, a little bit less of that center action. And you can still play Anthony Davis at the center one. You take Brooke Lopez out, put at eighty the, at the five then. Um, so I would love that. Brooke is getting a little older too, so it kind of works out where you could do that. little mix-matching and stuff. Um, uh, once again, though, if you're going to Go the power forward approach um, only because LeBron has a history with this guy and he has shown that he still has, has some stuff in the gas tank uh, for this heat this year. And the Lakers could use any shooting that they can use desperately could use shooting and rebounding. Kevin Love, I think would be a pretty good asset for this team. You can get him probably for a veteran minimum. Um, um, And LeBron, they're they're best friends. LeBron and Kevin, Kevin Love. We know what that kind of relationship they've gotten over there with Cleveland and stuff. Um, So I get it. Like I would get it if we landed a Kevin Love. I would like it. Yeah, he's a little bit of a liability on defense, but the Lakers need shooters, man. And Kevin Love's a dead-eye shooter. Um, He knows his role. He's an effort player more than anything. Like, I was watching them last night. in Miami lost. But (laughs) Kevin Love's working at all times. That dude is not walking around. He's not sleeping. He's always putting in effort. Maybe he uh, ability wise can't block that shot. Maybe ability wise he can't make that shot. Maybe ability wise he might take a couple dumb shots. But at the end of the day, that dude's gonna be working every single play defensively. He might not even be that good. But guess what? He's gonna try. People forget that he locked up Steph Curry in that, that game seven, uh, for that for the big for the for a game winning, sh- a, a tying or winning shot, whatever it was. Um, he locked him up. He locked him up on the perimeter. Kevin Love is a decent perimeter defender. He's a worker more than anything. Like. Skill-wise, he's not the greatest defender, but he works. He tries. He puts effort out there, and that's something the Lakers need, that working veteran mindset. Um, and that can just be instilled to those young guys that we already have. Um, then another guy that has been a Laker before that I think he he might not mind a little bit of reunion. I've always loved his game, and he's becoming an absolute elite six man in this league and a great guard in this league now, Jordan Clarkson um, for the Jazz right now. That dude's a bucket. I dude's a bucket. He's a, hot, he's a little bit of a streaky guy. You know, he he kind of a little got a little bit of that Malik in him, but um but he's a little bit more of a he's a score. More of a score than Malik. Malik is a shooter. Jordan Clarkson's a score. Um, Clarkson can score from any level. Um, he's not afraid to score. Um, he's an energy guy as well. Defensively there's things that he can uh, change in his game, but then like he's a guy that is not afraid to get a bucket. He's, that's kind of similar to an Austin Reeves in a way when it comes to him getting his buckets. Like, he just knows how to get to his spot and elevate and score. Um, so I think uh, offensively he would be an amazing asset. And then if the Lakers wanted to get a star guard, uh, that shoots the ball well and willing to pay a little bit more money than to get a bunch of role players, like pay a little bit money for a star instead of paying uh, a bunch of role players or paying one superstar and getting no role players, uh, I would love to get a Fred Fanfleet, um as a guy. Um, he 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 is a great guard. Uh, defensive liability, yes, everyone knows that. He's a small guard, so he's not going to give you much of a defensive presence. I've experienced that with D'Lo. But still, like, Fred's trying. Like, like D'Lo wouldn't even try on defense, y'all. Like, D'Lo wasn't even trying. Um, I, I need to watch more Fred Man VanVleet defensive highlights, I guess, because I can't quite remember <laughs> if he's even an effort defender. Um, all I know is that dude can get scorching hot from downtown. A lot more scorching hot than D'Angelo Russell. That's the thing is the give and take is, like, Maybe you might just have a bat, as bad of a defender, but Fred Van Vliet is much less streaky than D'Angelo Russell. He's a better shooter, and I think he's a better scorer, too. I think he can score a little bit more of a... Uh, well, maybe not. is really good in the mid-range, so I, I would say D'Lo's probably a better scorer, but Fred, he's much more consistent. Just so much more consistent. He's a casual 15, 20 points a game. You know, you're not going to get three points for Fred Van Vliet, I don't think. So, um Consistency wise, I think Fred VanVleet would make a lot more sense than a D'Angelo Russell, and he would cost more than probably. He'd probably be the highest price guy on that on that list of the guys. Maybe behind maybe Jeremy Grant might get more because he's been playing some good ball uh, recently. But that's it for my Lakers talk, y'all. Uh, well, I talked a long time on that. I had to get it all off my chest. Um, Go Lakers, show, baby! We're gonna be back next year. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll be back. We'll be back. Um, but shout out to the Nuggets, man. It's hard. It was hard not to root for that team, man. You know when we had to play against them. I've always been a Jokic fan. I've always Respected Jamal Murray. Uh, I've always had a feeling Jamal Murray would do something like this to, to my team, man. He's always been a guy that played good against the Lakers, and he had his opportunity to take us out, and he did. Um, so shout out to those two guys. It's so hard not to root for those two guys. Uh, Mike Malone, Michael Malone, their coach, he is an unbelievable coach. So shout out to that squad. They have not been getting talked about enough. I get it. The Lakers are the media day. Everyone's going to talk about the Lakers, 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 no matter what. If they win, lose, draw. I get it. I'm a Lakers fan, I understand. Lakers are top, top media. No one, that's that's the media. You know, Lakers are top news. So, especially with LeBron James on that squad. So, I get it. I just wanted to put my respect out there to the Nuggets. Y'all deserve y'all's respect. Y'all deserve y'all's, y'all's praise and talk. Job's not finished, though. Go out there, win that championship. They'll have nothing but nothing. They can't be able to not talk about y'all then. So, go out there, win it, and then y'all get y'all's respect. I promise. Um, let's move on, though, from the Lakers. I want to just quick little shout out before we get into my game prediction, game five prediction for the Celtics versus the Heat, and close this thing out. Um, The Carmelo Anthony yesterday officially retired from the National Basketball Association. Um, The ten-time All Star, uh, six-time All NBA selection player, ninth all-time in scoring. Stats are 22.5 points per game, six rebounds, and 2.7 assists. Obviously, those numbers uh, probably were affected by his later later years in the NBA, but at the end of the day, no one will ever disrespect or underestimate the ability that Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony had on that court. A generational talent. Um, an absolute star. Offensively, one of the best players of all time. And... the. Uh, the craziness this world has uh, is crazy. You know, the the youth these days, they're referring. Mello is now LaMelo Ball instead of Carmelo, which is absolutely disrespectful. Melo will always be Carmelo Anthony to me because um, that man, that dude, what he did in his prime, unbelievable. People truly, truly do forget. So I want to give my respects to Carmelo Anthony. Hell of a career. You deserve your praise just like everyone else in that, that, that uh, draft class uh, that was in there with you. I think LeBron's the last one crazy um all right game predictions game five celtics versus heat i touched on it a little bit i don't want to get too too much longer in this pod so i'll wrap this one up um i talked about this is gonna be the toughest game of the series it's gonna be the toughest game of the series to this point obviously X, every game at, from this point will be tougher uh i think game five might actually be tougher than game six for both teams uh, i think game five and game seven will be the toughest games of the series if it gets to game seven um This is the pressure is mounting the pressure is still completely on the Celtics, but it's in that shifting period You know if if the Celtics win this game in Boston send it back to Miami It flips the the pressure flips. It's still slightly on the Celtics. Maybe going to that game six, but Last time in Miami, you got to go back to Boston if you lose the momentum Everything be flipping to the Celtics. It won't be fully flipped, but it'll start flipping to the Celtics. So, um, that's why I think this is the most important game for the Miami heat here. Um, can the, the, the question I got here, uh, the only reason I'm saying, can the Celtics pull this off? Ah, it's tough. It's tough. Ah, um, series wise, they can, they can, um, but they have to be their best. Celtics have to be their best. Celtics have to be at their absolute highest level offensively and defensively. Like kind of stuff that they were in game four. Um third quarter, Jason Tatum has to play like that all game. Um Jalen Brown has to be there at every moment. He cannot take off moments. He cannot miss four threes out of five threes. Four out of five threes. He's got to stop that. You know, this team, this Heat team had moments last night to win, and they just couldn't put it together late. Celtics responded every single time. So, for me, Celtics have to be at their absolute best, and the Miami Miami, better not get caught slacking, is all I got to say, because if they get caught slacking in game five, that, that momentum starts flipping, brother. That momentum is going to start flipping real quick. Um, but like I said, the, I, I truly think this, the rest of the series comes down to Jalen Brown. You know, I think Jason Tatum will show up in Game Five. I think Jason Tatum's going to show up for the rest of the series if it goes keeps going. I think Jason Tatum understands what this moment's like. I think Jalen Brown has got to wake up though. Jalen Brown has got to understand that he is bringing this team down. That man's got to get ready. Got to get ready. Get get prepared. I need him to stop taking threes. I don't know what else he needs to do. But at the end of the day, Jalen Brown, figure it out, brother. Um, and the Celtics can win game five in this series. I got Boston winning game five. One fifteen to one oh eight. Let's see if this series goes to game six. That will be tomorrow at seven thirty. But well, that'll do it for us on the pound perspective today. My camera battery is dying over here, so it is time to ease on out of here before I lose this video. So, thank you all once again for listening to The Pound Perspective. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and Nate Dog Productions on YouTube and Facebook to follow all, all, all of our content, all of our posts, all of our clips. So, uh, once again, we hope you all enjoyed episode 31 of The Pound Perspective, presented by Nate Dog Sports. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Pound Perspective. If you're interested in joining Nate Dog for an episode or need more information on Nate Dog and his brand, contact him at natedogsports.com. And don't forget to share with friends and family. Thanks again for listening to The Pound Perspective, a breath of fresh sports.